Well, I want to start today with an assessment for you, but do not worry. This is the one assessment that I guarantee you, you will ace. We'll all ace this one. So I have four questions for you. Are you ready? Over the past five months, have you worried or stressed about anything? Of course you have. So have I. Next question. Has worrying been good for your health? Probably not, right? Next question. Did worrying solve your problems? I seriously doubt it. Okay, next question. Did worrying improve your relationships? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, I have some advice for you. Here's the bottom line today. Are you ready? Stop worrying. Okay, I can pitch it to the band now. We'll wrap this thing up. We're done. It's, you're like, no, it's not that easy. I know. It's not that easy. At least it's not that easy for me. We all know we should stop worrying, but come on, how do you do that? All of us right now want more than anything for everything to get back to normal, don't we? And part of the reason we want normal, a big part of the reason we want normal, is because in normal, we have a sense of security and we have a sense of certainty. In normal, there's a sense of safety. In normal, there's a sense of, I know what's going on and I feel like I've got some control over normal. But everybody's telling us, hey, normal's not coming back, at least not coming back for a while. And that we've got to be used to, ready for, we've got to adjust to new normal. And I know the emotion that, this phrase, new normal, creates in you. It's the same emotion it creates in me. It's an emotion of, I'm going to resist that. I'm going to push back on that. Because new normal represents unknown. And unknown brings about uncertainty and insecurity. This is why all of us are craving normal so much. Now think about it. It's not like the old normal had no worries. And now the new normal has created all this worry and stress. Now you had plenty of worrying and stressing going on in the old normal. But isn't it funny that now that we're faced with a new normal, all of us are craving the uncertainty and the insecurity of the old normal. You know why? Because the uncertainty of the past is more familiar to us than the uncertainty of the present. So as odd as this is, we'd love to go back to the uncertainty of 2019 and deal with all of that worry, hadn't we? Because it just feels better than not knowing what's coming next and having to deal with the new normal that we're all in. But... We can't change that. And that's part of why we're doing this series. We can deny it. We can act like it's all going to go away eventually, but it's not going away for a while. So the question that you and I need to ask ourselves and the question we're talking about throughout this series is simply this. How can we be better for it? How can we be better for it? If we're going to go through it, come on, we might as well be better for it. I mean, there's nothing worse than wasted pain, is there? It's one thing to go through painful situations. We're all in painful circumstances now. But what's worse than that is going through something like that and not learning anything from it. As I told you last week, pain without gain, it's a shame. It's a shame. But you're not the kind of person who wastes your pain. I know you're not. And so you're going to learn from this and you're going to come out on the other side better. That's why we're doing this series. I'm sharing with you five different lessons that this pandemic has reminded me about. It's reminded me, oh, these things are really important. These lessons I need to hold on to. These are some lessons I need to keep applying and practicing in my life. Today, I want to share with you lesson number two, and it's simply this. Emotion follows devotion. Your emotion follows your devotion. Now, let me explain what I mean by this. Your emotions always follow what you care about the most. Nothing triggers emotion in you like the thing that you value being threatened. Do you know why you worry? Same for me. We worry because what we care about so deeply is being threatened. 
what we care about so deeply, we feel like we're losing control to some extent of it. We're, we don't have control of the situation. I become anxious when I feel like I'm out of control of something that really does matter to me. So whatever the things are for you that you value, whatever the things are for you that you, carry, or that you care about, whenever you start feeling like, oh, they're uncertain now, I might lose them. I'm not in charge. I'm not in control. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with this. Emotion always follows that. And that's what this pandemic has done to all of us, hasn't it? It has created so much uncertainty, and it has shown us that we are so out of control. Now, think about this. Your control and my control, it's really an illusion anyway. None of us ever have much control. If we did, we wouldn't have any problems. If you really had control, you'd just arrange everything in such a way that you never had a problem. We never have a lot of control, but we have an illusion of control, and we tend to think that I'm making things happen here, and I'm in control of that, and I can figure out what's going to happen on that, you know, on that issue. And then all of a sudden, something like the pandemic comes, and it reminds us in a way far more powerful than just life in general. We're reminded we have no control. And with this pandemic, as we have become aware of our loss of control or lack of control, it has ushered into our lives deep levels of worry, stress, anxiety, and fear. And we wonder, what do I do with this? Am I just supposed to cope? I mean, some of us would put our head in the sand and just acted like this really wasn't going on and nothing's real about this and let me just hold on and when everything goes back to normal, I'll just come out and resume life. That's some of us. Others of us, we, we just worried about everything, haven't we? And we're, we're seeing everything going on and we're scared of everything that's happening and there's uncertainty everywhere we turn. I mean, a lot of you, you're living in the middle of it right now, aren't you? And you wonder, well, what do I do in the middle of this? And then along comes Jesus. And I'll tell you, this sounds so impractical, but you got to hang with me for just a few minutes today. Along comes Jesus. And he gives us some advice about worry that is so counterintuitive, that seems so impossible. But I want to remind you before I read this to you, that he was talking to a group of people who faced their own level of uncertainty. He was talking to a group of Jewish people in the first century who they weren't sure if they would have food for their family tomorrow. They had to work that day for that day's food. He's talking to a group of people who they're living under Roman oppression, so they don't know what's going to happen with their future. These are people who understood, who lived right in the grip of uncertainty, of worry, of stress, of fear every single day. And he looks them right in the eye, and he says something that sounds so insensitive to you and to me. Here's what he says. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. This sounds like a religious platitude. This sounds like one of those things that, you know, you buy the plaque or you buy the little piece of art at the bookstore, at the Christian bookstore, and you hang it up on a wall in your house, and you glance at it, and you go, oh, yeah, isn't that nice? But you know you can't live it out. It's just impossible. This sounds ridiculous to actually practice. But Jesus is going, no, no, no. You don't need to worry about your life. Well, if I don't, who's going to? He'll answer that in just a minute. But he says, it's not your job. It's not your responsibility. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about whether you're going to pass that class. Doesn't mean you shouldn't work hard. You do your very best, but then you just don't worry about the outcome. Don't worry about what's going on with your kids. Are they going to go back to school? How's it going to impact them if they can't go back to school? He says, you do everything you can to love your kids and take care of your kids and provide them with the environment they need, but then after you've done your part, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about your income. Don't worry about your job. Now, you go do the very best you can do every single day. And you be wise with your money. 
and you you be generous and you save and you say no to yourself and you live on a budget. You know, you do all the right things. But once you've worked hard at your job and once you've managed your money well and once you've done your part, then just let it go. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about your life. You just fill in the blank. Whatever the thing is that you're worrying about right now, Jesus would look at you and say, you don't need to worry about that. Which again, sounds so unhelpful for us. But Jesus would look back and say, no, no, no. Actually, the thing that's most unhelpful is your worry. Here's a question that he asks us all. He says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? To which you all go, well, no. I mean, we may have lost some hours on our lives by worrying. Some of you, you worry so much that you've shaved some hours off your family and friends' lives, haven't you? I mean, you're impacting everybody with your worry, with your anxiety. Jesus says, is it going to help you at all? Is it actually going to be productive? Is it actually going to give you a richer, more meaningful life if you spend it worrying? Well, no, we know that. But we can't seem to stop worrying. So you know what you and I do? We, We cope. That's what we try to do. We don't know how to stop, so we just cope. I'm going to cope with my worry. I'm going to cope with my anxiety. I'm going to manage it as best I can. But here's the problem with coping instead of stopping. We often cope with unhealthy emotions by engaging in unhealthy behaviors. Think about this. How do you cope with your worry? Some of you eat and eat and eat and eat, and it's not good for your health. You know it's not good for your health. But it's how you deal with stress. You just eat. It's the thing you go to. It is the unhealthy behavior you use to cope with your unhealthy emotion. For some of you, you drink too much. For some of you, you pop some pills. Every time you're anxious, it's just got to pop another pill. For some of you, you unload your emotions on other people. And it may show up in depression. It may show up in anger. There are A lot of different forms, but you just unload, and then the other people begin to feel the brunt of the unhealthy emotions that you're carrying. All of us have different ways that we cope. For some of you, just throw yourself into some hobby or activity. When you get worried, it's you're all in on that. And there's nothing wrong with the hobby or the activity, but here's what can happen. If you live a life where you're always coping with worry, and your go-to behavior is to throw yourself into a hobby or activity, you will end up spending so much time in that activity good activity, that you will neglect what's best or most important in your life. You will neglect the people that God's put in your life, the people that you love the most. You'll neglect the purpose that God's put you on this earth for. And we often don't connect the dots, do we? Well, I'm doing this because I'm trying to cope with worry. We don't even realize there's a connection, but we do. We often cope with our unhealthy emotions through unhealthy behaviors. This is why just trying to Cope with your worry, manage your worry, get through your worry. Well, in the long run, it never works. So Jesus says, come on, are you going to add a single hour to your life? Are you going to make your life any richer or more meaningful by worrying? No. So learn how to stop worrying about your life. And then, this is the part we've all been waiting for. Then he explains to us how to stop. Now, I want you to hang with me for just a minute because this really isn't some Christian cliche that he says. I want to unpack this for you. Here's how he says you and I can not manage, not cope, but stop our worry. He says, but seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. This is how you stop worry. 
You seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Let me see if I can explain this to you. Emotion follows devotion, which means the only way to stop worrying is to change the object of your devotion. See, right now you worry whenever that thing you care about or you value so much seems out of control, seems uncertain, whenever you're afraid you're going to lose it. I might lose this relationship, I might lose my income, I might lose my job, I might lose this opportunity, I might lose that thing that I planned in the future. This might happen, I'm just not sure, but I don't have control over whether it's going to happen or not. See, if you build your life or center your life around things or people who you can lose, then you're always going to be overcome with worry. Because the object of your devotion will always be somewhat uncertain and out of your control. Jesus' point when he says this is not to become some super spiritual religious person who's only devoted to religious things. No, no, no. He's not saying you can't go on and live your life. What he's saying is this. As you live your life, would you make the wise choice, the healthy choice, to devote yourself fully, to build your life upon and around the one thing that you are certain can never be shaken or taken from you. Would you seek first, prioritize, devote yourself fully to God, His kingdom, His purpose, His righteousness, which is a fancy way of saying your relationship with your Heavenly Father? Because when it all ends, there's only one thing that will still be standing. The reality is, as important as my family is to me, I can lose them. As important as my career is to me, as much as I love it, I can lose it. As important as income is, as important as hopes and dreams are, as important as future goals are, as important as you know, children, you name it, on and on, whatever the things are for you. I just know in my life I can lose all of those things. So you know how I overcome worry? This is the only way I've discovered to stop worrying. Because I have plenty of things to worry about, just like you. The only way I know to stop worrying is when I begin to catch myself doing it. I pause and I remind myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. That thing is important. That thing does matter. But it doesn't matter most. It's important. It matters. But it is not the foundation upon which I built my life. My foundation is my relationship with my Heavenly Father. And I cannot lose him. He will not leave me. I cannot lose him. And he will not be shaken or taken from me. And so, if the worst of the worst happens, if I lose the job, lose the income, you know, the thing with the kids, it never works out, and the health situation, there's no good news there. If the marriage falls apart, if everything I'm worrying about comes true, well, there's going to be one thing that's still standing. There's going to be one thing I can still count on. The one thing that I am resting and trusting upon the most will still be there. God will not leave me. He is for me, and he will be right by my side. This is what Jesus is driving at. Not that all the other things don't matter. They do. He's just saying, would you put your trust, your weight, your hope, would you rest fully on a relationship with your Heavenly Father, on His love for you, on His care for you. 
And absolutely, treat all the other things like they matter. And absolutely, give the best to your marriage. Give the best to your kids. Do whatever you can to help them adjust since they're not going back to school for a little while. Do whatever you can to make sure the transition to school is a good one. Do whatever you can to get the grades and to pass the class and to get the, the degree and to get the job and to keep the job and to get the date and to keep the date and to you know, get married and stay married. Do your very best. Give your best effort for all of that. But once you've given your best effort, stop worrying. No need to worry. Just trust the outcome to your Heavenly Father. You do what you can do. Then just trust God to do what only He can do. You trust God to be who only He can be. The foundation, the friend, who will never be shaken or taken from you. And so if all of life crumbles around us, if the new normal brings all the worries and all the concerns that we're afraid of, there is one thing that we can be confident will still be true. God is with us. He is for us. He is by our side. And, by the way, Jesus promised us one more thing. He said if we will seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be given to you as well. This was Jesus' way of saying, change the object of your devotion. Put your full weight, your full trust, your full hope in your Heavenly Father. And then you'll discover you don't have to worry anymore. You know why? Not because there aren't going to be uncertainties and insecurities and anxieties that come in life. You don't have to worry about your life because someone else has already promised to take care of your life. And your Heavenly Father can do it better than you. He will give you what you need. He will walk with you through whatever you face. He will not leave you or abandon you, no matter how dark the night gets. So Jesus' point to those people who are living day by day in a world of uncertainty, and Jesus' message to you and me, living in the middle of a pandemic, not sure what's going to happen tomorrow, having thinking one thing's going to happen here and having confidence this is going to take place only to find out tomorrow, no, it's changed again. And things are getting better. Nope, they're getting worse. And I think everything's going to be fine with the job. And nope, now it's not. And I thought they were going to be in school and they need to get back in, but nope, now it's not. In the middle of whatever it is that we're going through, all the uncertainty, all the insecurity, Jesus would look at you and he would look at me and say, do not worry. Not because there's nothing to worry about, but because there is someone bigger than all of your worries who has promised to take care of you. Instead, your job and my job is to change the object of our devotion because emotion follows devotion. And as long as we are most devoted to something that can never be taken or shaken from us, then we will never need to worry. You know, this pandemic, it's revealed something I think really valuable to all of us. What's revealed is what we really value. What's revealed is what we're really devoted to. You just follow the trail of your worry and you will find what you actually care about most in life. Let me say that again. You just follow the trail of your worry and you're going to discover what you actually care about most in life because emotion follows devotion. 
Some of us, we thought, oh, man, I'm devoted to God. I've got a great relationship. Everything's good, you know. We thought it was great until the pandemic hit. And then all of that got obliterated. What it did is it revealed what we were really devoted to in life was not a relationship with the one who created us, loves us, died and rose again on our behalf. We were really devoted to a lot of things in life we felt like we had control over. And suddenly they were shaken, and so we were shaken. Now, I think that's a valuable lesson for all of us. Because once you discover where your devotion is, then you can test whether it's worth your ultimate devotion. And if what you've learned over the last few months is that you were devoted to some things that can't give you confidence, that can't provide you security, that can't calm your fears, then again, they're good things. I'm not saying you should get rid of them out of your life, but maybe, just maybe, what you and I need to do moving forward, the lesson for each of us is to spend more time placing our trust and investing in this relationship with the one who created us, the one who loves us, the one who died and rose again on our behalf. Maybe we should invest more time in developing the habits in our life that will help our relationship with our Heavenly Father grow. Now, you know what happens when you do that? This has been my experience. I'm just telling you. And I don't get it right all the time, but man, when I am on focus... This is the benefit of doing this. You have confidence. That's a benefit. Because you see, when I'm seeking first God and his kingdom, when I know my relationship with him is where it ought to be, when I've got my trust in the right place, then no matter the outcome, no matter what life throws my way, I can face it with confidence because I know, I'm certain, my heavenly father is right there by my side. And that I've done everything I can do. I've been as responsible as I can be. I've worked as hard as I can work. I've planned as much as I can plan. But now, if it all gets blown up, that's okay. Because while I may not be in control, I know the one who is. Even though life is uncertain, God is not. And he is still by your side. So, let me give you a couple questions that obviously I hope you'll think about yourself. But really, if you would do me a favor... Sit down with some family or friends, or for all of you who are in our small groups, talk about this with your small group this week. And be transparent, be honest, be open, because we all struggle with this. You're going to get some great insights if you will process this with a few people. So let me give you two questions to get you started. What have I worried about over the past few months? You need to answer that question. You need to pause and start identifying the specific things you have worried about. Because remember, you follow your worries, and you'll find what you're most devoted to. So figure out what those things are. And then secondly, ask yourself this question. Why did I worry about those things if I believe God cares about me? Now, for some of you, you're not followers of Jesus, and you're not certain that's true. I totally get that. For you, though, you could imagine, if you really did believe that you have a Father in heaven who cares about you enough, he died for you to have a relationship with you, if a God like that existed, then why would you worry about anything? For those of us who do follow Jesus, come on. If our heavenly Father, who calls us son and daughter, if he's brought us into his family, if he really does love us and care about us that much, then you've got to ask yourself the question. This is going to require some vulnerability and some honesty and transparency. But you've got to be honest with yourself and go, okay, 
I say I know God loves me and cares about me that much, so why am I worrying about this? Why am I worrying about this? I mean, I got to do my part, but why am I worrying about the outcome? When there is one by my side who has promised to provide whatever I need. I'm telling you, your emotion, my emotion, follows our devotion, which means being devoted to the right thing, being devoted to the right one, makes all the difference in the world. It's why Jesus looked at you and me and said, you do not need to worry about your life. As we go throughout this pandemic, we're being reminded of that. And we're discovering some things about us. And for some of us, it's painful because we're realizing we're devoted to some stuff that we could lose today or tomorrow. It's why we're so worried. We're going to have to shift our devotion. We're going to have to rearrange and reorder our priorities in our lives. That's okay. Let's learn the lesson. Let's keep doing it. Because pain without gain, well, that's a shame. 